Hello, and welcome to another episode of The DH Effect. I'm Hillary. This is my beautiful co-host, Sonia. And we want to introduce you to someone, someone's. One of the magical things that really happens when you show up authentically is that you get a chance to connect with people on so many really, really cool levels. Isn't that true, Sonia? Oh my gosh, the coolest. This is such an honor. (laughs) Yes. And one of our past guests immediately became part of our Decided Heart crew, which was Lisa Caprelli. And she said she's with Unicorn Jazz. If you don't um, have, you haven't already seen her podcast, go back and look at that as well. She's so much, just a bundle of fun and energy. And she said, you know what? You have to connect with today's guests, Emily and Victoria Strugatsky, because you are going to love, love, love them. Oh my gosh, for sure. Emily Isabel has had a decided heart around her acting, singing, and dancing career from a really young age that we'll find out more later. And her mother, Victoria, has been right alongside Emily's um, support system as she's navigating this pursuit of her dreams. And to both of you, we are just so honored for you to be on our show today. Welcome. Thank Thank you you so much for having us. Thank you. And so, Emily, we'd like to start with you. Can you just start off by just kind of briefly summarizing, if you can, to our audience, a little bit of background on the inside of your acting career? Yeah, sure. So, hi, my name is Emily Isabel. I'm 13 years old. I'm a theater kid. I love doing acting. And I also do voiceovers. And so for acting, I've been in like a couple commercials and short films. I was part of a Saturday Night Live skit on SNL. And something I really like doing is helping Unicorn Jazz and Lisa Caprelli uh, donate books and help kids buy through my acting. That's so awesome. And I'm just so curious too. So when was the moment where you said, wait a minute, I kind of like showcasing a sense of me in front of an audience. I enjoy the arts. When was that? How did that unfold for you? Yeah, so on my seventh birthday, my mom took me to see Matilda on Broadway. I'm seeing kids my age at that time, or a little bit older than me, performing on stage, singing and dancing. I'm like, that's it. That's what I want to do. I want to be on that stage. I want to sing, dance, act. I want to do all of that on stage. Oh my God. And Victoria... When she said that, what was your response? I said, okay, kid, you do you. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, she was seven. So, you know, I said, dream big. And she's kind of been leading the way, you know? I mean, I didn't, did I take it seriously back then? Probably not. Um, But she's proved me wrong. I mean, she's, you know, this is, she's driven. So she's, she's driving. I'm in a passenger seat. I'm just kind of navigating along, but she's definitely a driver in this all. It's been a fun journey, honestly. I bet. And Victoria, thinking about that, I mean, it takes a decided, you know, a decided heart is that commitment, right? Where you're like, this is what I'm doing. When did you join in? When did it become a reality for you where you're like, wow, she is committed. This is the real deal. And so now I need to be the support system to be, you know, guiding her. Well, um, she was always a dancer. Well, my, my, it started off with my son because my son was always a professional. He was a professional ballroom dancer since he was very little. 
So she kind of just grew up on a dance floor. She was competing since she was five. She traveled with us. Just kind of, she literally grew up on that dance floor, you know, around the world with it, around the country, with it, Canada. And, you know, she's always competed. She's always had partners. And this was kind of like, you know, it, it, it had become easier because now I have two kids dancing and it was not as strenuous. And then one day she comes to me and she says, mom, I want to take vocal lessons and uh at that point you know they were taking piano they were dancing they were doing acro they were doing gymnastics she was doing and she's been doing you know all that since she was very very little because i figured i she's a first generation born american i was born and raised in russia and my parents were immigrants so we didn't have anything much to give so i figured let me introduce my kids to everything and anything and let them choose their own path so as long as i give and kind of navigate i figured you know what i'm gonna open all the doors and let them decide so um she was doing piano my son was doing piano they were both dancing she was doing gymnastics art i mean you name it they were doing it and then when she came along and she said can i take vocal lessons i said well do I really need a coach for that? Can you just sing? I mean, she was like six, seven, six, probably at that age. And we kind of just left it at that. And then one day I went to pick her up from an after-school program and there my child standing by a piano singing Broadway tunes. And my jaw kind of just dropped. And I said, um, when did you learn all this? Like, how do you, how, when and how? She says, well, I told you I want to take um, vocal lessons. And I think that's kind of that. And I said, well, I think you're really good. And so we got a piano, we got, we got a vocal teacher. And that within a couple of months, she got picked up and she got invited to go to LA to a vocal summit. And she was on stage in front, you know, this little seven-year-old in front of a live orchestra singing. Wow. And I was just, you know, and she has always been shy. Her, you know, her name was a social butterfly because she was the complete opposite of a social butterfly. She would never talk. She was the shy little kid that, <laughs> and you put her on stage and she's just, she goes on, she knows what to do. And I'm a single mom. So I came to my parents and I said, mom, I think this is, this is really what she really wants to do. And, you know, so we started with acting classes and her coaches were like, Lord, because this kid would take a script and kind of like memorize it within 20 minutes she would have everything down and you know i i don't know how she does it i don't know where she came from she just kind of does it so <laughs> as long as she's doing it i'm gonna be right behind beside her mm -hmm. and i've always said it you know it's it's your call if this is what you want to do i will support and i will give you all but you know you have to be the driver you have to be this the one to decide school comes first and then you have to navigate your way around it, which she's been doing for quite a while. And then when we got the call that she had booked um, Sound of Music the tour, you know, my, my agent called me and said, you know, Emily did book the tour. And I said, well, what do I do now? Well, you kind of have to take leave of absence for the last, for the next nine months and kind of go on a road with your kid. I would love to just pause there for a second. I feel like, I mean, the journey is, is just taking the shape and momentum, but I'm thinking about Emily Isabel and, you know, 
I just, what I'm envisioning is the seeds have been planted. You have this vision for yourself. It feels great. It's this, this fantasy that you're working towards. So you've got the resources and the support from mom. And then there's this seven-year-old Emily standing on stage. There's an orchestra. In Burbank. An, okay. Yeah. There's an, there's an audience and there's now it's more than just planting seeds. There's an, an active, I don't know. I'm not, I don't know why I'm calling it courage, but what did it feel like for you to actually physically walk to that center of that stage and present yourself to an audience? Well, obviously right before any show, Santa music, the LA some, uh, the vocal summit in LA, anything, there's always those nerves. Like before I'm like, Oh yeah, I've got this. I'm fine. And then right before you go on, it's like, I can't do this. I can't do this. And then I start like, getting freaked out and nervous but as soon as I walk on that stage and the lights hit me I just feel at home I'm like Mm. and then I start singing it's like right before I walk on the stage I'm so nervous I'm freaking out but as soon as I stand there and like the lights hit me and I see everybody on in the audience I don't know I just kind of like take a deep breath and I'm like I'm fine she feeds off that energy like she just that's what she needs like that's that's her live stream she just she needs that Hillary has this great analogy about light. I want to give that to Hillary. That's what I'm thinking about is the light. Yeah, I, so I, people talk about, you know, how, you know, life is linear or it's this or it's that. And I said, you know, I really look at people and I feel like we are flashlights, right? And our job is to shine our light so brightly that it starts to push out the darkness other places and it joins with the other energy, the positive energy that else that is out there. And it brings light to, to the darkness. And that is definitely, I mean, I, that you feel that energy from you. It's like you get out on stage and the energy and the power comes up from within you. And then you just start to shine and you spread the joy and the love that you have performing to everyone. Yeah. A hundred percent. You know what power, the definition of power is not ego or anything like that. The definition of power is the transference of energy. And so when you're on stage, you have the power, you are transforming your song, your music, your love, your joy, your energy, your excellence, all of that to everyone else. What a, what a wonderful, amazing feeling that must be. I mean, yeah, it really feels good. And especially after you're done, it's like, wow, I just did that. And then my favorite memory that I have was it was, I think my first time ever performing in the Standing Music National Tour. It was just like the previews. And then after we finished, I was so nervous before. And then we finished and we were bowing. It was bows. It was the last thing right before the curtain came down. And I saw this one man, he was standing in a suit and that the, I just saw everybody stand up and especially that man, they all stood up and just clapped. And after that, I'm like, wow, I did that. People come to our, my show or show that I'm in dressed up, ready to see a show. And we delivered it to them. I mean, if they're giving a standing ovation, that means we must've done good. So I just have that memory like burned into my brain. And every time I think of like the stage always replaced and I love it. Yes. Well, cause you're giving them so much joy that they have to, bound out of their seats and show gratitude and appreciation, right? And as a quick side note before, I know I know Sonia has, I can see she has a question for you, but before I was just going to say, Sound of Music is one of our family's very, 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 very favorites. We watch it every Christmas and it's a big deal. And my kids ask for it. My son, right before he left for college, 
he said he wanted to watch it with us because it's so meaningful and he's now 20. Right. So we watched a half of it and he purposely stopped it and said, when I come home, we'll watch the other half. I love that so much. So, absolutely. So it's so, and, and you are so Brigitte. I mean, you know, really, like I look at you and I'm like, you are so Brigitte. Of course you are. I love it. Sonia, sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. You're opening up another memory about Sound of Music. But um, So my father's from Berlin, Germany. My mother's Filipino and uh, immigrant parents. And um, my father raised my sister and I. He's a single parent. And he would always want us to sing randomly, like in very Germany, like, girls, yes, Papa, sing. And his most favorite song was Edelweiss. And uh, so we would randomly be in a car and he just like sing for me. And then we just sang a little bit, you know, randomly. Um, so there's something very special about that production. Yeah. So I want to, I'm very curious about when things get hard and I don't even know if, if, if you've had a tough or challenging experience and it may be very different from Emily Isabel as the actor when things got hard and then Victoria as a mother when things got hard. So this is a this is a question for each of you. And maybe if I can ask um, Emily first, did it ever get hard or challenging? And what are the, the tools that you use to kind of build the momentum forward? I mean, yeah, there's a lot of times where it gets overwhelming. But for me, the hardest things for me would be rejection. I guess those are the things that hit me the hardest. There are so many times where like they would obviously be no and I'll be fine. But there are obviously sometimes they would say, no, you didn't get this role. That would hit me really hard. There was one time or a couple of times actually where they, uh, I would get so close to the end, like to the final cut, it would be like me and then one other person or two other people right before getting the final role and a role like that's my dream role. And then I would find out the next day that I got released that I wouldn't get it. And obviously I would cry and it would be really hard for me to accept it. But eventually I, I would just have to say, it's okay. I have to move on. There is a role for me somewhere out there. And I just have to keep on working, keep on trying until I get there. Hmm. That resilience and perseverance is amazing. Mom, was that you or is that her? <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it gets hard. I get hard. And as a mom, you know, it's, it sucks to get rejected. But if you, when your child gets rejected, I mean, I think it's the worst, you know, because, you know, everybody thinks that their kid is the greatest and, you know, they deserve to get, you know, what she works so hard for, but she really does work hard. I mean, she's, she's one of the hardest working kids that I've known. And not because she's mine, because, you know, I'm, I'm a tough mom, I'm, you know, <laughs> my way or the highway because there's no other way but um it's it's hard to see how upset it's hard to see you know like you know to pick up the phone and you know hear the no on the other side but you know it's it's what she wants to do and it's part of the the industry and it's part of life because life is not easy and a lot of teachable moments and you kind of embrace it and you move on and you make the best of it and you learn everything is an experience. I mean, no matter what happens, it's an experience and you just kind of like, you know, it's a little line on a tree that we create, you know, a little notch on a, you know, on a belt, like I said, you know, and, and that it's a one no is one step closer to a final yes, you know, and when the yes does come, you know, it's so much more meaningful because she knows how hard it is, how to get that yes. You know, what I'm hearing too is just um, beyond the resilience, it's, it's the belief that yeah. you, like Emily, you, and her, you know that there's a role for you. You know that your 
your art is good and that there's a place for you. Um, Mom, you know that Emily, there's a place for her, that there's that confidence there. And um, because I'm I'm connecting because I work with a lot of parents and when things get hard, scary or hurtful, they just want to protect their child and say, you know what, this is not worth it. Let's just go. Let's just go. I don't want to keep on having watching my child face the rejection and the hurt because it's going to make their confidence go low. It's too scary. So we're going to just run. You know what it is? I I mean, as long as she is willing to move on and go forward and do the next audition and move on to the next gig and move on to the next opportunity, I will be right there following her. But once she says it's enough, it's enough. But at this point in in the game, I I think this is, this is, this is it. This is what she wants to do. She always said, she's like, Emily, I'm doing this for you, not for myself. As soon as you say you're done, you don't want to do this. We're 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 gonna drop it. You know, you know, we've met a lot. I mean, over the years, obviously, you know, there's a lot of stage parents, there's a lot of theater parents and dance parents. I mean, there's one in every everywhere you go. But a lot of times, I feel that parents want this a lot more than the child does, mm. and you get that often. And so this is not the case. I mean, this is, I will support you as long as you want to do this. We feel um, strong believers in the universe, yet the universe will give and grant whatever you work hard, whatever you put out there will come back and double. So just keep working and, you know, the positive and just keep shining and look for the positives. Yeah, always time, like, Oh, sorry. Like yeah. every time I get an audition, it's like, and I don't, I know I don't get it because I know somebody else got it. I always don't feel like, oh, come on, why didn't I get this? Yeah, it's always upsetting, but I always like think like, at least I got the audition. At least I got to do, at least people got to see me, you know, it's not like nobody's sending me anything. Nobody's watching me. At least, you know, like my videos are getting out there and people now know who I am, even if they don't decide to like pick me. Mm-hmm. You know, something that I'm really seeing, I love that. I love your attitude. I love, again, the joy that I'm hearing for it. But one thing that I'm really interested in is, you know, I'm reading trust. When I, when I look at the two of you, there's so much trust between you. There's trust in the journey. There's trust in the process. There's trust in your ability. There's trust in one another. Do you, I know this is a really kind of a hard existential question, but how do you build that trust? I guess kind of believing. I mean, I believe in her. I mean, is with I, I know she could do it. I know she's capable of doing it. I know she's sincere. I know she works hard. And just go with it. You know, I just, you know, I listen to my heart and I kind of like, yeah, I guess, you know, why not? If this is what you want to do, if this is what you want to pursue, then I'll support you no matter what. Hmm. And even I know my means, mom even if it means taking a nine months leave and going on the bus and living on the bus for nine months. <laughs> That's trust, man. What were you gonna say, Emily? Yeah, I was saying, and I know that my mom will always be there for me. And yeah. she's always got your back, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, there's one thing that's really core um, to the GH effect, and that's this essence of belonging. Um, belonging really starts from our the very unit of where we, you know, who are our family members, who loves us, the closest unit. And when that is really tight and solid, then there's room to expand that sense of belonging. And I do want to talk about unicorn jazz because Emily, Isabel, you just, um, you did a, or you uh, at least um, posted your video on this, the sense of service. And so 
there's now room for you to not only share your own art for sense of self, for the audience, but now there's this expansive, like I'm feeling, uh, you've convinced me, this expansive wanting to like expand the trust and love to others. Did that grow as you developed as an actor or did you always knew that you wanted to serve others? Um, how did that, and maybe Unicorn Jazz provided that opportunity. What is that sense of service to you? I think I would say Unicorn Jazz definitely helped me because Unicorn Jazz, I knew there was always people in need and kids in need and I would try to give back when I could. But a lot of times I didn't think about exactly what people don't have that I do. And you know, uh, like Lisa Caprelli from Unicorn Jazz, she helped me realize there are such simple little things that kids don't have like books. And that's why we do the book drive because, you know, I'm like, oh, I have millions of books, books here, books there, books there. I don't, I guess I didn't realize that kids don't have such simple little things like books and how important, how important it is to them. And so I guess it grew my expansion of like what kids need. And I think Lisa really helped me with that. I love that. That's something that, thank you so much for sharing that. And we are also supporting it. So as we're talking about this, I want our listeners and our viewers to know that if they are following either one of us, they'll see the information of how they can also help. I would love to close things up today. Well, I don't want to close things up, actually. I would not love to close things up. (laughs) I'm feeling her light. (laughs) I know. Me too. Let's bask in it for a little longer. Uh, But I would love, you know, there's so many people out there and I would love for each of you to answer this. So many people out there who are dreaming big, but then they close it down. They don't go after it, right? Because it's not meant for them. It must be meant for someone else. And they, they second guess. They don't have this belief. If you could give a piece of advice to the adults and the children out there who are like, but there's this dream that's on my heart. I know there's this dream. What do I do next? What would your advice be both from Emily and Victoria? Emily, if you could start us. Yeah, well, like my mom always says to me, if there is a will, there is a way. So if you want to do something, there's always a way to do it, even if it means doing this much or doing this much, you know. And I mean, there's so many times where even like I double guess myself. I'm like, is this meant for me? You know, like I try so hard and a lot of times I don't book anything. Is this really meant for me? And a lot of times my mom helps me. She's like, you've been working so hard and your work has showed, you know, in standard music or in when I was in like SNL and Saturday Night Live, you know, it might take a while for those things to show, but they will eventually. It's You can't just be like on the couch and be like, oh man, I really, I really hope I'll get this without even working. You know, you really have to work. And if you work for it, and if you work really hard for it, then it will come eventually. You just have to be patient and just keep on working even harder and harder. You know, just because you get a rejection doesn't mean you can't do it. It means you have to keep working hard. You keep working on those skills, you know, until you'll get there. Eventually you will. <laughs> Just take a leap. Take a leap of faith. You know, don't take a no for an answer. Just go for it because for every no, there's, there's going to be a yes. And why not? You know, I always tell her like, why not? You know, if it's not you, then there's going to be somebody else, but why not you? And uh, with Lisa, it, she's been working with Lisa for the last year now. And last year, they, um, you know, so this, like, this is going to be a second annual book drive that she's been working on. And um, 
we literally just stumbled on, uh, it was, I was on Instagram and I said to Emily, I said, why don't you reach out? I mean, this seems like an amazing cause. And so she reached out to Lisa and, you know, introduced herself and she did work on the Christmas song project with Lisa before then. I said, this is a great opportunity. I mean, yes, it's, a, you know, it's, we're in East Coast, Lisa's on the West okay. Coast. And I said, why not? Especially, you know, people think during COVID, you know, everything was shut down, but you make the best of it. So yes, you, we, we locked up, we cooped up in the house, but what can we do? You know, if we are cooped up, there's everybody else is cooped up. So maybe there we could do something. So she reached out to Lisa and she said, how can I help? You know, I want to help. And, but if she could do it, anybody could do it, you mm -hmm. know? And if we could make awareness, if we could raise funds, anybody could do funds. If she could be, you know, on stage singing, anybody could do it. You know, if there's a will, there's a way. You just, you just gotta get up and do it because just do it. Why not? Just do it. I'm going to take your, I'm going to take your question. Cause Hillary always says, you know, we, and we totally embrace this. Like who says, yeah. Right. Oh no. I, I love that so much. I was going to say, it reminds me so much of the five second rule, which is by Mel Robbins. And that five second rule is, you know, if something's on your heart, five, four, three, two, one, go. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right? If, if it's like, if you want to go sing five, four, three, two, one, go. <laughs> you know? I mean, you know, a seven-year-old Emily, six-year-old Emily, you know, had it, had it in her to come up to me and say, mama, I want to take singing lessons. And, you know, could I have just like, shoot her side and said yeah you know like whatever but you know follow your heart just mm. do it just do it because why not you know I always tell her why not no. for one no you could find a 10 yeses yep. well and so speaking of following your heart how can our listeners and viewers follow you all well Emily's on Instagram at Emily Isabel official. Dot official. she's also on she has a website, Emily Isabella. She has an IMBD, yes. She's, um, I knew, well, go ahead, talk about um, Alma. Yeah, so um, you might have heard of a new series called Alma's Way, which is now streaming on PBS Kids. So I play a character there named Becca, who is one of Alma's friends. And in Alma's Way, there is a new episode comes out every weekday at 5 p.m. EST. Uh, so you can find Becca in some of the episodes and follow Alma's Way's journey. On PBS Kids. And, you know, funny enough, the uh, Alma Becca was recorded right in this room during, oh, pan cool. during pandemic. It was yeah. done in this room. So I have done like, boy, I've done like a little bit of voiceover before, but quarantine really helped me grow, like continue that, you know? I've taken so many more lessons. And what we do now, when I have to record for Alma's Way for Becca, we got like a professional mic, so we put it we in my room. We turn this we room take into a pool. Everywhere, so my room, voiceover studio. Okay, so now you guys are producers, directors as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and you know, because of quarantine, she was able to connect with so many amazing coaches in LA, outside New York. You know, she's been working with so many talented and you know artists and teachers and coaches, and so you know something negative. Mm -hmm. Turn into something great. Well, I, I just feel too, and I know we're going to end soon, but it's, you know, I think we've learned your mindset and perspective. It's with any experience that you face, what is the opportunity? So as Emily embrace it. Just right. embrace it's like, what can I do? Not what isn't here, but what can I do? And exactly. so I just want to leave our audience with that. I think that's just such a, 
a great, great message. Um, so everyone, thank you so much for joining the DH Effect. We really do hope that you've um, taken some of Emily and Victoria's light. Fuel you, feel that energy. Um, Power the universe. Yes, exactly. Believe in the universe. Be sure to follow us and subscribe on all of our social media challenge, uh, platforms and our YouTube channel um, to get the latest interviews and also our information. And a big announcement because of DH Effect, we are going to be launching our membership program, master classes, the DH store coming soon. So stay tuned for the announcements, but you will only get that if you subscribe. Until then, everyone, may you have the courage to live with a decided heart. And we just, again, thank you to Emily and Victoria. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you.